James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Welcome to your Monday. It is James Golden, indeed, a.k.a. Snerdly, here with you this afternoon. If you'd like to be part of today's program, all you have to do, pick up your phone, dial 800-848-WABC. That's 800 84892. And we have so much to discuss. If you were with us on Saturday, and there's no reason for you not to be, we have the best time here. Well, we have the best time here every day, but Saturdays we have three hours. And I tell you what, we make full use of them every week. So Saturdays, remember, the Saturday morning radio extravaganza starts at 7 a.m. and continues until 10, at which point we're followed by Larry Kudlow, it's a great way to start off your Saturdays. This Saturday, this past Saturday, we talked about what is going on in New Jersey. And to my knowledge, we were one of the first, if not the only, to spend so much time on the New Jersey curriculum that will begin in September. And not many people knew about it. And people were outraged hearing about it. Absolutely outraged. There is a plan in place, in case you don't know, to teach New Jersey's young children, and we're talking about second graders, third graders, starting in, I'm sorry, first and second grade. In first grade, when most children are supposed to be learning their ABC, DEFGs, and not even old enough to learn how to do cursive writing. In New Jersey, the plan is to start teaching first and second graders sexual concepts. There's one document that is going to be used in this new curriculum called Pink, Blue, and Purple. It's a 30-minute lesson plan directed at first graders. And we'll tell you a little bit about what's in that plan in a moment. Anyway, we spent hours, but most some of those three hours, we, we talk about so many things. We talked about other things, of course. But this is one of the topics that dominated our Saturday show. And this morning, there was a news story in BizPack Review by Chris Donaldson, about the New Jersey plan and how people are appalled, appalled at it. There was also a story, I believe, in Fox, on Fox Digital, about how parents are appalled at it. I think we made some waves on Saturday, to be totally honest with you. I don't want to be one of these people taking credit for things that I didn't do, but I think that discussion... Because almost no one that called this program, and we have a very well-informed and engaged audience here, no one knew that this thing was going to start taking place in September. But it wasn't all complimentary because we I did get an email that I would like to share parts of with you. I'm not going to mention the person who sent it to me because she did not give me permission number one, and uh, and so if you, by the way, if you contact me at jamesgolden.com 
or boastnerdly.com. You can sign up for our twice-a-day news blast, but you can also leave me an email message. I'd like to share with you part of this email, and one of the reasons I want to do it is should become obvious in a minute, or if it's not, I'll make it obvious. I always love your show, this woman wrote me, but could not get through to you during today's WABC segment on transitional hormones in use and their use with younger children. I am not a doctor. I'm 74 years old. I'm on HRT. I'm currently included in a long-term study. I'm currently writing an autobio. Medically, the topic is very complex. Morally, it's a personal issue that is specific to an individual's beliefs. I'm terribly concerned about disinformation being spread, and your segment became very biased. You are certainly not to blame for what was said. I think she's talking about some of the caller reaction to it. And by the way, we had callers um, that were victims of sexual abuse when they were younger, and they were among the callers that we took, very concerned about the sexualization of youth. So I don't know specifically what this, this what, when our dear friend here is referring to about what was biased, but it could have been that. Or it could have been some of the statements that were made, assuming that some of the people doing this were gay. Not sure. But anyway, this person, she says, current discussion is mostly driving the public to a frenzy. What happens when everyone kind of just loses their mind and becomes driven by emotion, not a science? That said, you are correct that there are no credible long-term studies, and that's one of the points that I made. There are no long-term studies about what happens, especially when children get this so-called gender-affirming treatment. She continues, similar to COVID-vax, long-term is just not here yet. The secondary reason is that there simply are not a lot of transgender people in any one age group. Maybe 1.5 million in the USA now, and most are older. It is growing, but not as fast as media reports. It appears that people are transitioning earlier. Here's a few quick thoughts. If you desire further discussion, please contact me. I'm happy to explore with you. Thanks for listening. And she continues, most transgender people are not gay. Although it can be hard to believe it's true. I'm not gay. I am concerned that teaching TG, transgender, to very young children and then encouraging or requiring them to choose has risk. Traditionally, we don't choose to be TG. We are born dysphoric. I'd like to repeat that because this is something that I have said, and I don't think I said it Saturday, and so I want to say it again. I have never doubted for one moment that people that are engaged in, in this transgenderism could be suffering from dysphoria because it is understa- there are people who just don't like their bodies. And I'm not kidding or being facetious when I say the older you get, many of us can understand that. When we look at our bodies the way they were when we were younger and how glistening with youth, and, 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 and young and slim or whatever, those of us that were, 
or in the best of certainly our youth, and we look at our bodies, and then when we get older, we look at them. Sometimes it's just like, oh, my gosh, I hate what my body has become. I hate the way that I look. I hate the way that I feel in this body. I understand. And that's for people that are just, you know, maybe just dealing with aging and having to come to terms with what aging does to the body. So imagine being born not liking or feeling there's some uncomfortableness when you become aware and consciousness of your body. I've never doubted for one moment that there are people who suffer from dysphoria. So this person wrote to me, she says, traditionally we don't choose to be TG, we're born dysphoric. 95% know we were different by the age of 10, whether a school told us or not. From that point on, societal support is critical. These new laws present more risk than the hormones do. Suicide rates are very high within this group. Would you prefer a child to die or to take a blocker? Well, that's an interesting question. But there also are reports, I'm just going to add, that children who do take the blockers also suffer from higher suicide rates, and I don't know whether that is proven science or not. If a kid chooses to write left-handed, do we really question it anymore? I hope not, because I'm left-handed. Do we try to change them? Probably not. If a child says they're a girl, they probably know. It's almost that simple. A child has no agenda, nor do they know about genitalia and what it means in terms of sexual choice. It's definitely a complex As respects to the issue of puberty blockers, yes, they are mainstream drugs used off-label. I made that point, that these drugs were never intended for the purpose they are being used for now. These puberty blockers were meant for a specific disease where the onset of puberty happens really young in children. Therefore, we can be somewhat assured that they are safe for ingestion. Issue of sterility is somewhat unknown, however, if the risk of sterilization is major, then why aren't they on label patients or uh, why aren't they on label patients becoming sterilized also? We do need more research here. And then she writes that older transitioners often store their sperm for future use. Finally, she concludes, the number of these cases is quite low, hardly worth the frenzy tag being attached to it. But there is room for reasonable and sober concern. I don't believe any kids listen to your show, but if they do, did it encourage some kid to desire transition as a result of the discussion? If you read this far, Thanks for listening. And I do. And, and I look, I read all the mail that comes through. I can't answer all of them simply because the volume is too great now. But thank you for that note. Now, just, let me just say something else. It is never my intention to hurt anybody by anything that is said on this program. Not my intention at all. It is also not my intention to, to be judgmental about the choices that people make in their own lives so far as 
they don't impact societal policy and so forth. Yeah, we do make judgments because we're human. But I don't want to make malicious judgments about anybody. And as I said, when discussing this issue, or whether it's the homosexual issue or the transgender issue or whatever issues, my goal is not to try to hurt people. My goal is not to try to make people feel uncomfortable, but to just have an honest discussion of the issue. And I will say this, right now, the tolerance looks like it's in the other direction. It looks like people are intolerant when it comes to people expressing their long-held beliefs about biology, that a girl is a girl, a guy is a guy, and like that. Those people, even if they have a religious context, are now finding themselves the victims of hostility. Now, today there is a new poll. We're going to go to a break soon, and I'll have to deal with this. On the other side of the half-hour mark, we're going to revisit all of this because next up on the show is Todd Benzman. Todd Benzman is the co-host of the Bo Snurley on the Border podcast. And, folks, there is news at the border that you must be aware of. What is happening at this nation's border right now and what is getting ready to happen, if it is not stopped, will change the nature of this country permanently. And you have to hear about it. So we'll talk with Todd Benzman next. And then we're going to come back after that to some of your phone calls and also the results of the golden TIPP poll. I have teamed up. That golden is me. The golden Technometrica Institute for Public Policy poll. These are the most accurate pollsters in America when it comes to the presidential polls. And I've joined with them to do our own poll for this show. And we have the results of, of what Americans are saying about the don't say gay bill. So they falsely named don't say gay bill. And you can find that story today on AmericanWireNews.com, AmericanWireNews.com. So when we get back, first the border, then we're going to come back. We're going to talk about this TIPP poll, and then we're going to explore what is in, later in the show, what is in this New Jersey bill. That starts in September. You're on with James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly. Feel free to call us, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. And we are coming right back after this. Entertaining and informative, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on the air. 77 WABC. Oh, my goodness. Fever. James Golden on WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. Never know how much I love you. Never know how much I care. When you put your arms around me, I get a fever that's so hard to bear. You give me fever. When you kiss me, fever, when you hold me tight. Fever in the morning. The first person I heard sing that was Little Willie John. But whoever you, whoever does this, if they're doing a great, what a song. Thank you, Rich. All right, let's get to uh, our guest. We have with us who the co-host, along with me, of On the Border. Both Snurley's On the Border, Todd Benjamin. 
Todd, thank you for joining us. You are all over the news this weekend and this week, my friend, already. You have an article. Well, there's an there's an article in Breitbart that you play a significant role in. There are pictures that you posted of what's going on with traffic in Texas. Can you explain to us? We're going to get into Title 42 in a moment in depth, but tell us what's going on right now in Tejas. There is a very interesting story playing out in Texas, a new one having to do with the border uh, that comes out of Governor Greg Abbott's press conference on April 6th. So he gets together, uh, you know, puts a, a, a plan out there with his uh, DPS director, Texas Department of Public Safety director, and his director of emergency management. And he announces these new plans, one of which caught the lion's share of uh, media attention, which is that we are going to bus all the, you know, gather up all these migrants at the border and bus them right to Washington, D.C. Uh, and then the, the, but the story or the plan that didn't get any attention and really hasn't to, to much till even today is that the Texas Department of Public Safety was going to start doing, I'll put in quotation marks here, enhanced safety inspections on commercial vehicles coming off of the bridges from Mexico. There are 27, 28 ports, including the busiest land ports in America. Uh, major, major trade coming, billions of, of dollars worth of trade coming off of those bridges. So the next day, the Texas Department of Public State Safety starts these safety inspections at three of the busiest of the bridges and backs them all up for miles and miles into Mexico uh, so that trucks are not able to get to their destinations on time. They're, they're dragged out. They're stuck back there in these long snaking lines. And the official word about why DPS is doing this is because uh, we have a right to, you know, inspect trucks, make sure that they're safe. And, you know, by the way, we'll be looking for any sort of drugs and contraband and people aboard these trucks as well. But my feeling is that that's not what it is at all. They are backing up. They are blocking international trade with Mexico, uh, which is the same kind of thing that Donald Trump uh, would have done or threatened to do to kind of uh, do damage to Mexico's economy if they don't police up all the migrants on their side. Uh, the migrants are just swarming over Texas, and many more are coming uh, because of Title 42. And so this is going on this week, too. They're blocking up seven different bridges, uh, including the most uh, important one, which is the, the uh, Columbia Solidarity Bridge coming out of Laredo, Texas. Uh, that, that, the trucks on that bridge are backed up for, for tens of miles. I mean – Trade is not happening, and it's because of the Texas Department of Public Safety and Governor Greg Abbott. Now, this cannot continue much longer before Washington has to at least acknowledge that it's happening. Have have any have has Washington, to your knowledge, has anyone in this administration addressed what is going on this very moment in Texas? Well, I was on the phone. Uh, today with somebody who would know, I can't say who, but uh, the answer to that is no, they've heard nothing from 
either the Mexicans or the Biden administration. So those trucks are just going to have to be backed up for miles and miles. And, you know, there's going to be a trade problem. And that is also going to affect the supply, the continued supply line shortages that we're facing in the United States. If you can't have goods on, on get through the border, they're not going to be goods on the shelves of many American stores. And that's a political danger that Greg Abbott is kind of walking a tightrope over. Uh, you know, he's already getting complaints from, you know, major, uh, you know, Texas uh, businesses and agribusiness uh, complaining that, hey, you're, you're literally wrecking our whole operation with this. So it's not going to come without pain. Uh, but I would argue that, that the pain is not unlike that we have all been asked to take at the gas pump for Russia sanctions. A lot of people seem to be kind of okay with that as long as we're penalizing uh, Putin. And so I'm I'm wondering if maybe he's, you know, the governor is thinking along the lines of that, you know, for a good cause. We're willing to take a little bit of pain. Now let's talk about Title 42. You have been warning for weeks. We've been talking about this on our podcast, Todd, on the border for weeks. What is getting ready to come? And it is and now the signs are that everything that you predicted early on, many, many weeks ago, is starting to materialize at America's borders. Talk to us about Title 42 and when and if the Biden administration follows through on their promise to get rid of it, what is going to happen in America? Well, there's two things. One is that the administration announced that on May 23rd they are going to take down Title 42. This is hugely important because Title 42 was the Trump-era pandemic control policy that uh, required instant expulsions of a whole lot of migrants. And more importantly, it denied them access to the fraudulent, the fraud-ridden asylum system that everybody was using to just get a freebie, a free pass into the country, millions of people. So uh, when they announced that, you know, I mean, intelligence community, the U.S. intelligence community looked at that and said, you know, we could have anywhere from 12,000 to 18,000 migrants a day come in for this thing to take advantage of the asylum system. That's been off the road. That's what this is all about. This is all about whether the asylum system is available or not available. And under 42, it'll be available again. And what we're seeing is a pooling up and reservoirs of migrants already. It's early still, uh, but this pooling is going to continue to gather steam and depth on the other side. And uh, I'm already hearing from sources over there who have interviewed these migrants, uh, people who are, um, you know, talking to Mexican uh, media that, you know, that they're coming for Title 42. So it's already happening. Whether it's 18,000, I don't know, but it's definitely going to be far more than anything we've seen to date. And all of them are going to get through. The reason I know this is because the Department of Homeland Security put out a fact sheet, two-page fact sheet, 
on what to expect when Title 42 goes down. And the fact she mentions 10 different times about processing in migrants, nothing about blocking or returning or, uh, you know, anything like that. It's 10 times all about bringing them in. So all of the resources that are being deployed to the border, uh, the, the people, the FEMA, the resources that are being gathered, the aircraft, uh, all of these things are geared to creating this superhighway in, a one-way superhighway in. It's almost like those um, you know, car rental places with the spikes that, that you can't back up over or it'll rip your tires. Out. It's like that. Everything's in only. So, uh, and that we're is talking what... about, let's run the numbers, Todd. And, and we'll have to leave it here, but we will continue this on our podcast. We, uh, we're due to record another one tomorrow, so we'll continue this in, in larger depth. That's the On the Border podcast. You can find that Red Apple Media, wherever podcasts are available. Your favorite podcast platform. You can find both Nermies On the Border. Todd Benzman is our guest host for that every week. Now, let's talk numbers really quickly. We're estimated when this happens. 12,000 to 18,000 migrant apprehensions a day. So that means 18, anywhere from 12,000 to 18,000 migrants coming in to the United States a day. Right now, we're already at record-breaking. 6,000 are coming in right now. It's going to be either double that or maybe even one and a half times that. Now, that means that in one month, we could see 540,000 illegal immigrants entering in the United States or, and that's compared to 170,000 that are coming in right now by the end of the year. Go ahead. Or 360,000 on the lower end of the scale. Uh, Either way, it's just a a tidal wave, a human tidal wave that's already a tidal wave. I don't even know how you can get to a bigger tidal wave than what we've got right now. Remember, Uh, Obama's secretary, DHS, Jay Johnson, when Trump was having this problem of a mass migration crisis, said a thousand a day is a crisis. So, uh, you know, listen, 12,000 a day, 7,000 a day right now is seven times what Jay Johnson said was a crisis. Uh, You know, this is Something this that will is fundamentally astounding. change the country. We're talking about maybe even six million in a year, over six million, maybe close to six and a half million illegal immigrants coming in a one-year period. Could happen. I mean, it could be that that much, and we don't know how long the wave will last. Uh, is it going to be just a permanent high tide, like it's been? It's been a permanent high tide for you know fourteen months, fifteen months. Uh, so will it be permanent like that? Is that the new normal? Uh, or, you know, might they figure out some way to shut this down, like maybe have Mexico uh, aggressively use its military to shut it down on their side and maybe some of the countries to the south? Uh, I well, will say this, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. No, no, go ahead. Final thought, Todd. You always say what? Yeah, well, final thought is there is a growing chorus of opposition right now in the Democratic Party. These are lawmakers. These are influences. 
influencers in the Democratic Party that are pressuring the Biden administration to find some way, any way to delay the the removal of Title 42, at least until after the election. You know, so <laughs> there's a because, I mean, this is an extinction event. Everybody recognizes this is a you're finished. Nobody wins. No, no Democrat wins with this kind of a thing happening at the border. Uh, all of the media will have to leave Ukraine come down to, to, our to the border. southern border. Todd, yeah, so your, your your story today is in the Federalist. People can find you there. People can also find you the immigration uh, the Center for Immigration Studies, CIS dot org. And there's the Breitbart story that I referenced early, and of course our podcast, which we will have another installment of tomorrow on the border. Thank you so much for the amazing reporting that you're doing on this, Todd. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, with you here. When we get back, yes, that's what's happening at your borders, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to talk more about the Golden TIPP poll, what Americans really think about Florida's falsely named Don't Say Gay bill, and what's going on in New Jersey. I think you may be stunned to hear some of what is in this curriculum that starts in New Jersey, your schools, in September. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. We're coming right back. Now, here's the soul of excellence. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, on 77 WABC. Earth, wind, and fire bring us back on WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. Shining star. the results of the Golden TIPP poll. You can find the full story today at AmericanWireNews.com AmericanWireNews.com The Golden TIPP poll, that is James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, and the, the Technometrica Institute for Public Policy. And they are the most reliable pollsters in America these past five presidential cycles. That's why I teamed up with them. And here's the story from American Wire News. Golden TIPP poll, Americans back. Florida's falsely named Don't Say Gay bill. Most Americans back Florida's parental rights and education bill. A plurality also thinks it is inappropriate to call the bill the Don't Say Gay law. These are the key findings. TIPP poll completed last Friday. The national poll. Of 1,305 adults, that is a huge sample size, asked Americans the following question. The governor of Florida signed the Parental Rights and Education Bill forbidding classroom instruction on sexual orientation and gender identity from kindergarten through third grade. To what extent do you agree or disagree? 37% of Americans 
agreed strongly with the bill. Another 20% agreed somewhat, which means 57% of Americans agree at least somewhat with this bill. 11% disagree somewhat, 20% disagree strongly, and 12% said they're not really sure what to think about it. Now, when it comes to the name, 23% thought the don't say gay name was appropriate, very appropriate, 15% somewhat appropriate, 18% not very, 29 not at all appropriate, 14% not sure, which means most Americans don't agree with the Democrats' branding and the liberals' branding of this as the don't say gay bill. There were other reports from the TIP, Golden TIPP polls that specifically deal with crime in America, and we will get to that later in the week. This was an extensive poll. We'll be dealing with uh, many of the issues, and our partners in this, uh, AmericanWireNews.com, thank you guys for publishing it. We really do appreciate the results and you publishing the results so that Americans can see what the most accurate pollster in America, what Americans really think about what this Florida law means. Now, let us go back to what's happening in New Jersey. This was the topic, and then we're coming to your telephone calls. In New Jersey, in September, they will be implementing their own curriculum for sex education, sexual education for children in the first grade and second grade. We have two examples of what that curriculum says, and this is directly from the curriculum. Here's the first. Identity starts with an I. That's how you can remember it. I feel. I know. Gender identity is that feeling of knowing your gender. You might feel like you are a boy. You might feel like you are a girl. You might feel like you're a boy, even if you have body parts that some people might tell you are boy parts. And you might feel like you're a boy or a girl, but you're a little of both. No matter how you feel, you're perfectly normal. That is part of the pink, blue, and purple 30-minute lesson plan that will be taught to your first graders in New Jersey. Here is the second part. In another document posted online titled, Understanding Our Bodies, that details a 40-minute lesson, second graders are taught about body parts in graphic clinical terms. Most girls have a vulva, which is the name of the area between the legs. The vulva describes the whole area, including the small hole where urine or pee comes out of, called the opening of the urethra. The hole below that, which is a little bigger and is called the vagina, that is used when a female has a baby. And the hole below that, where a bowel movement or poop comes out of, is called the anus. So a person with a vulva has three holes between their legs and a very sensitive little area at the top called the clitoris. That is what your first graders and your second grade children will be taught in New Jersey schools. And that is only the beginning. That is just a small part of it. Let's start on the phones. Wilfred, New Jersey. 
WABC Talk Radio 77, you're on with James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly. Yeah, hello. Uh, I want that that New Jersey bill is all part of trying to destroy America from the inside out. Making kids think about that is to make it seem normal. Remember, because kids are totally ignorant, so whatever you tell them, they'll think it's normal. Well, this is uh, certainly there's an agenda here. And this is not, by the way, just happening in schools. There is a case in Texas that we don't have time to talk about today with what is going on with Netflix streaming a 2020 movie. In 2020, they streamed them called Cuties. Cuties features 11-year-old girls. They are portrayed by 12 to 14-year-old actresses performing highly sexualized dance routines during which they are shown thrusting their pelvises to simulate sex. They're supposed to be 11-year-old girls. And humping the floor. In one scene, the main character in this movie, produced by Netflix, portraying 11-year-old girls. In one scene, the main character is shown pulling her pants down and snapping a picture of her genitals to post on social media. In another scene, the main character, again, and supposed to be portraying an 11-year-old girl, attempts to seduce a grown man, a family member, no less, to get out of trouble for stealing his cell phone. There's a district attorney in Texas who is suing Netflix. Lucas Babin is the DA. He's suing Netflix for violating a Texas state law that prohibits the production or promotion of sexual performances by children under the age of 18. So we will see what comes of this suit. But this is what liberals are doing. It's not just in the schools. It's on your streaming services. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurd. We're coming back. More of your calls. More news right after this. Welcome to the golden age of radio. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on 77 WABC. I'm looking for love. WABC Talk Radio 77. Don't forget, Cats at Night is up next. John Katsimatidis with you. Right after this show, keep it here all night long on WABC. You know, New Jersey Governor Murphy, and we're going to take a little credit for it on the James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley Show, especially. We spent all day Saturday on a lot of the program talking about this new curriculum. No one else was talking about this. And today, Governor uh, Phil Murphy is defending this new gender identity studies course you just heard some of what's in it and he's saying he a reporter asked him can you comment on for concerned parents who think that gender identity should not be taught in elementary school he says he thinks that um there's some sort of sense that parents have no say and he would like to say emphatically that parents deserve absolutely to have a say in this sort of stuff and so number two he says he doesn't like the fact that some people are using this as an opportunity to score political points and to further divide us. I can say that on behalf of the LGBTQIA and communities, 
lets everybody not use this to divide us. You are the ones dividing us. You are the ones who put this in schools. You are the ones who are sexualizing young children. So don't come with this business of pointing your finger at parents who are concerned and saying that this is divisive. You are the one that's divisive. But he also said that if, folks, this is important, please, especially if you live in New Jersey, this is important. This story, by the way, is foxnews.com. Murphy went went on to say that if if enough parents object to this, oppose those standards, he would be willing to, quote-unquote, entertain an adjustment. But still, that's something that you don't often hear. If enough parents object to this, well, he might be willing to entertain. Pamela in New Jersey, you're up next. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley. How are you this afternoon, Pamela? Well, uh, with this, not too good. Um, This is not just parents. This is taxpayers. We do not have to qualify it with an apology to the other side. This is wrong. This is inappropriate. And we don't have to get wrapped up in the medical psychosexual aspects of it. That's not the point. The point is it is totally inappropriate. And it no, just uh, like Nancy Reagan used to say, and Nike says, no, just say no. We are not going to have this. No way. Tax dollars and parental rights of religion and sexual teaching, no, period. And we don't have to apologize. We can feel bad for for whatever issues are out there, and of course we feel for people. But no, don't use that to get caught up in the weeds. Just say no. All right, Pamela, let us go and continue in New Jersey. Andrew, Stanhope, New Jersey. Welcome, WABC Talk Radio 77. Andrew, what is your take? What's on your mind? Great. Mama Bear there. And I'm ironically working for a Fox News affiliate in in northeastern Pennsylvania. And the LGBT uh, day or trans flag day, the raising, I covered it. And I asked the news director before I went, I said, can I? Ask them about the so-called no say, don't say gay bill. Is that you know really a accurate depiction? And she said no. Like I wasn't allowed to ask that. And it's transgender day. And the kid that spoke, the college kid, he said the bill is a don't say gay bill. And he said the the language is misleading. Where they're going to do. But if I was allowed to ask legitimate questions, I would have said, okay, what language? Tell me what part you're referring to. Show me where, you know, you believe. But I wasn't allowed to ask. But uh, it's good that the other Fox News did cover it, you know, honestly. And I just want to say your opinion. The judge, speaking of sexual pedophilia, when Judge Jackson was asked, she said, oh, that the one kid, the one case, the guy's, the peer, like he was 18 and the girl was whatever, eight or 12. So that's not really peers. And she comforted not the victim, but the actual rapist saying, oh, you're brave and you're, you know, you're. So maybe my theory is she was molested, victimized as a child. And that's a way for her to like psychologically think, okay, it's not really that bad. Okay. Well, see, I don't want to go. Look, look, I, I hear what you're saying, but I don't want to start speculating 
on her private life like that. I think it's wrong. I wish that we wouldn't do that with each other. We have no way of knowing what happened with this woman. We can just simply say that we think her actions, her actions were wrong. We have no idea what happened to her. And I don't want to get involved in perhaps even mildly going in the direction of, of, and I know you didn't slander her, and I'm not saying you did, but that's walking down that path. And I don't want to do that to people. So let's not speculate when we don't have the information on what happened to her as a girl. All we can say is her decisions in those cases leave a lot to be desired. But, Andrew, thank you so much. And you're in the news business. Thank you for standing up, even though you got shut down for trying to stand up for doing some honest reporting. Thank you. I hope to hear from you again, Andrew. Annette in New Jersey, WABC Talk Radio 77. You're on with James Golden. Hi, Annette. Hi, it's Antoinette. I'm from Northern New Jersey. Thank Mm -hmm. you. No problem. So I want to respond to this curriculum that Mr. Wonderful, our governor of New Jersey, thinks is okay for our first and second graders to be exposed to. I have a couple of points to make. One, I live in Fairfield, New Jersey. I want to shout out to all the parents, aunts, uncles, sisters, grandparents to come to your Board of Ed meetings, show up in droves, and say no. Zero of this curriculum should be taught to our first and second graders. I would even say as far as 8th, ninth, 10th, and 11th graders. Those things need to be taught at home, not in the classroom. Stick to the four R's. Second, I want to tell all the parents to please show up. And if teachers are going to be teaching these things, that maybe they should be, uh, they should be arrested on pedophilia. Okay? And third, Mr. Murphy, these are our children, not yours. You don't get to educate our children. You need to stick to the core education system. And I want to make one other effort, one other point. It's unfortunate that there are cities in New Jersey that we have a lot of parents who don't speak English, okay? Parents like my parents who didn't understand any better. They need to wake up. They need to understand in these inner cities how their children are being abused and how Governor Murphy are ruining our children and our children's future. We are not saying that we shouldn't be intolerant towards other people's ways of life, but it should not be taught in the classroom. Thank you. You are so articulate and so passionate. Please call us again. We appreciate it. Mike, we have less than a minute. Mike in Long Island, please write to your point. And we will continue this discussion tomorrow for those of you on hold that didn't get through. Mike, go ahead. Yes, uh, you brought up Cuties, uh, that Netflix. As soon as that came out about a year or so ago, year and a half, I canceled my Netflix. I mean, didn't have to think about it. Anybody in your audience, all you know, we're all like-minded and we want, want this country to be great. You better not, you really should think, if you have Netflix, you really need to cancel that. You absolutely, it's not a boycott. This is beyond boycott. It's, 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 it's putting up with, with deviancy in, in our face, and we can't put up with that. We have to make a stand. It's time, folks. We need to do it. Mike, thank you. Appreciate the call. Um, you have... 10 seconds, Donald from Long Island. 20 seconds. you got to make your point right quick. You're up next, Donald, quickly. All right. Dig the music. Um, this, is a, this is a way to get God out of the country. First rule of communism, get God out of the country. And the distraction to go to other things, it's really disgusting. It's, you know. Thank you, Donald. That's all the time we have. James Golden with you here. WABC Talk Radio 77. Cats at Night up next. We are New Jersey. 
We are Connecticut. We are Pennsylvania. We are all New York City, the greatest city in the world, America, our beloved America, the greatest nation humanity has ever witnessed. God bless and protect your families. Look with special favor, dear God, on those people suffering in Ukraine. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye.